5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, peace, Shock G. Had a toxic substance he mixed for himself a couple weeks ago. Did you know that, Ben? I did not know that. It was yeah. Wednesday. I figured it was hump day. Play the humpy dance. No, no, that's great. Was he getting that deep into it? <laughs> but, I mean, poor Shock G. That's the guy who's singing this. R.I.P. R.I.P. He's no longer with us. Went by uh, Humpy on their digital underground and then... He and Tupac were contributors, speaking of R.I.P. But uh, Shock G no longer with us. He's got an interesting outfit on here in this music video. He was a character. He he would absorb himself in the characters that uh, he was playing, like this one and the other. I mean, so he was kind of a character. You really didn't know what you were getting with him because he kind of played the character. But uh, there you go. R.I.P. Shock G. Hey, welcome in, everybody. Gosh, it's hot out there. And uh, because everything I've uh, had planned the last two days has been pushed back, been because of home issues, I, I got to traipse out in the heat later on. To you get, got quite a debacle going on. N- never mind the oh. fact there's a cobra out on the loose. Uh, there's just all kinds of craziness happening. All right. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Uh, it's great to have you with us here. Uh, we've got uh, a little golf talk with Brian Mall later on in the program. Uh, you see what I have here in my hand, Ben? You see it? It came today. Phil Steele. It's big. That's big. College 2021 football preview magazine. I kind of forgot about it with all the mess I got going on. So I, I was able to grab a hold of it and thumb through it before. We'll look at it coming up in our next segment in some detail. Uh, more on the overall perspective. ECU is kind of favored in that uh, as far as the most improved list for Phil Steele. Of course, we had Phil, uh, Phil on a couple weeks ago. Uh, you can always relive that magic at 943thegame.com or wherever you download your favorite podcast for the Patrick Johnson Show. All right. Uh, it had been rumored in uh, message board land a few uh, weeks ago, maybe a week, week and a half ago. Started to gain a little steam uh, last week with uh, guys that we know from D1 Baseball, and then they were the first to report it last night that uh, Jason Dietrich has uh, accepted the Head coaching position at Cal State Fullerton, his alma mater, and uh, he is headed there. And, uh, hey, good for Coach Dietrich. Congratulations to him. ECU, uh, there was the D1 baseball report from Kendall Rogers. Then there was the uh, local newspaper report. We posted that on our social media. And when Coach Dietrich's brother liked it, I thought, okay, well, obviously, (laughs) we knew it, but this really cements it a thousand percent. And then uh, Malcolm, and, uh, you know, I think that speaks of how well and how highly Cliff Godwin thinks of Jason Dietrich is that, I mean, it's a class thing. Dude, you know, sometimes if a coach leaves, takes another job or, or something like that, they may not always get the press release from where they're leaving. But uh, Malcolm sent out the press release about 30 minutes ago uh, when they made it official this afternoon at 4, uh, 1 o'clock out on the uh, West Coast. But, uh, hey, we've, we've got a chance to know Jason Dietrich here, uh, especially this season. I always enjoyed talking to him. He's a smart guy. And he did a, an amazing job with the pitching staff. They were, they were something. 
Uh, of course, it helps that you had you know some real studs this year. Yeah, that that was pretty good. I mean, you you got Gavin Williams heading what you're doing. You know that's pretty good. Uh, but you know if you've also got a situation uh, where you you've got Wizard Hunt, there were two kind of front end guys that he had this year, but. You know, I, I didn't realize all the national categories and, and at the high level. I mean, they led the uh, American in ERA, strikeouts looking, strikeouts swinging, several other categories. Obviously, 44 wins this year. And and the bullpen was a little shaky this year, but you did have some guys really emerge and play well this year, like Cam Colmore and Matt Bridges later on down the stretch, coming in as a reliever, as a closer, played lights out phenomenal. I mean, he was MVP of the regional, so... He got a lot out of those older guys, and yeah. you know, I think when we look back at the bullpen situation, it's going to be, uh, you know, that just that group had to get used a lot. Yeah. On on these four on these epic, uh, lengthy, unnecessary as it was proven out four game weekends, uh, because of the American not wanting to play any midweek games once conference play started. But those were the rules of the uh, engagement, and that's that's uh, what ended up happening. And I look at but it, Jason, like, I look at it kind of like yeah. the NFL. You see, every year there's an offensive coordinator that gets into the head coach and talks. Like this year, the big one was the Bills' offensive coordinator, mainly because of the development of Josh Allen as he took strides this past year, went on to an MVP level. I like to think that in that series against Vanderbilt, you had two pitchers that were going toe to toe of Kamar and Lighter, uh, Kamar Rocker and. Uh, Lighter there, Jack Lighter there. I mean, that obviously got some national acclaim and got some eyes on him. And you would think programs like Fullerton, who has familiarity with Dietrich, they want a piece of that. They want to see what's going on here. They want a guy that can develop pitchers like that. So you had a feeling it was coming. Well, Fullerton's got a lot of tradition. Um, you know, Coach Dietrich, Oregon, and, of course, ECU the last couple of years. Uh, apparently... Greenville native and UCLA assistant Bryant Ward was a finalist for this job as well. So either way, it was going to have some ECU connection. Nice. And, uh, hey, good for Bryant getting to that point. He'd have done a dynamite job there. And uh, congratulations to Coach Dietrich. Uh, as we mentioned, Cal State Fullerton graduate Ricky uh, Rick v uh, Vanderhoek was their coach, and he retired at the end of the postseason. And uh, Dietrich, Coach Dietrich's only 48. I, I did not know. He's kind of an old soul. I thought he was <laughs> thought he's a little more up there in it. But he's, he was such a well-thought-out, well-spoken, cerebral, uh, calm, California, laid-back, West Coast kind of guy. You know? Yeah, and we've said it before. I mean, the good programs go through this. This is a good thing. This is something to celebrate here. And look, Cliff Godwin, well-respected, well-connected. The program is a top 20, top 15, top 10 caliber program by, by most any metric. You've got Wizenhunt. You've got other great young arms uh, with a ton of potential. That'll be a highly coveted job. Now, you got, you're going to work. You're going to come here and put in some hours. That's the Cliff Godwin way, but I think that's amazing uh, that uh, – Look, Coach Dietrich moving on. Great for him. Back to the West Coast where he's from. And uh, nothing but the best for him. Nothing but the best. Uh, good guy. Maybe we'll catch up with him at some point, you know, next year and uh, 
catch him with an interview or something. Because he's uh, he's a first-class dude. Cliff Godwin had a lot of great things to say about him in the release. And again, I think that speaks about the relationship and the respect there. Because not every time when a, a person leaves to take a head coaching job elsewhere, they get a, a treatment with a big press release. But that was uh, classy from Coach Godwin and very well done and classy from uh, Malcolm as well. Malcolm Gray. So uh, congrats to Coach Dietrich. Best of luck to him. Uh, John Gilbert with a uh, from... The helm out today. Uh, the big takeaway from that, in my mind, and of course there were you know a lot of successes with baseball and track and field and the new hires. In fact, we're going to have the new softball coach on tomorrow as a guest on the show. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, th there was a lot of that, but there are also uh, the, the big couple takeaways for me. Uh, the Meet the Pirates event is going to happen on August 21st in the morning. And uh, the uh, the women's clinic that we have uh, talked about and advertised here and uh, coaches promoting right now on the 23rd, you can still sign up for it there. Uh, they want people to sign up by the end of the month, so we'll talk more about that. And, and obviously, you'll hear the spots here on uh, 94.3 The Game. Uh, so I thought that was uh, those are, that was sort of the big takeaway. I don't know if you had a chance to peruse anything and if I missed something there, but that was kind of my big takeaway for, from that. It's sort of a recap and a hearty pat on the back. And, you know, look, the athletic department just went through hopefully something they will never, ever have to go through again because that is this, this was a true season unlike any other football that was it in the fall. You got through it. I was it was striking when I was thumbing through the film Phil Steele magazine to see you know teams that had a one and three record last year. You know nobody played the full complement of games really, yeah. and uh, that was just that was a, a sad and stark reminder of what we just came off of. You know, and and John they, they'll reset the deck. They'll have the new fiscal year beginning, but that's they've still got to a, a test for things, and uh, they're still going to be feeling the financial effects. I know I mean, you mentioned was, you mentioned teams that played four games just in football. I mean, they, yeah. it, they weren't just smaller schools. I mean, there were some big name schools that were limited to four games. I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of what was it Cal? You, uh, Cal Berkeley yeah, was yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, one of the Washington, uh, maybe Washington State. Yeah, you know, o Ohio played went three and one. I mean, it's just when you see that, it just it's jarring. Yeah. But you know, you think back to what we were going through. Last year, and I don't want to say it was normal, but it was just like, whoa. You know, when you're when you're living in the live fire of the moment, you're probably not really reflecting on it. But now that you see that kind of in that tangible magazine, it, it's very uh, it's very interesting. Uh, TV ratings, they, they get bandied about a lot uh, this time of year when you have the finals, or, or really more in, uh, well, yeah, this time of year. We're still in June, last day of the month. But, you know, I, I was looking at... Uh, the NHL ratings are down. We were discussing this impassioned. You were discussing this before we went on with me. Uh, you know, we have a Canadian team in there, so that will not help the TV ratings domestically. Uh, it's on cable for the first time in a while. So that's, or at least game one was. So that's, that's not going to help the ratings. And uh, Tampa is... What I, what I, I, I got on your case a little. You said Tampa and uh, it's kind of like Carolina. And you were referring to, you know, kind of an interest, the fan base fan locally base, is interested, yep. Small but it's markets. not a read, right. It's not a regional or national appeal. And I, and I joked with you and said, well, 
Tampa has won championships at least. But then what was you the talk of tradition or legacy or anything when it comes right, to on the ice? Right. right. Yeah. But they have they have that recently. I mean, they've been a championship well, no level. But you're right. You're 100 percent correct. They're in a part of the country that there's many more options, especially this time of year. And uh, you know, outside the, the Tampa market for sports is fickle. It's a fickle market. It takes a Tom Brady to generate some interest in a Tampa team. (laughs) Well, you know, unless they're really, really good, nobody's interested. Exactly. Nobody's interested. To break it down to Uh, simplest forms, look at it this way. You have a Canadian team that backdoored their way into the playoffs and into the Stanley Cup Finals, and then you have a smaller market team in Tampa Bay. It just doesn't scream ratings to me, especially in the NHL and the States. the only thing I could see breaking through might be Toronto because there might be some interest in the Northeast in Toronto or in that. that upper Midwest. But I mean, any other Canadian team is not going to draw that much interest. Yeah, not uh, even either. if it is, even if it is the Montreal Canadiens who've been around a bit. Uh, and then that new racing series outdrew NASCAR, uh, according to Sports Media Watch. I love I that. It, was by pretty the way, cool. it's really good. Yeah, it's a it's an easy breezy watch. It's you know if you like that sort of short track and it's not an all day thing either. It's not exhausting correct. to watch. Correct. It's it's pretty easy and breezy to watch. Uh, it's got some guys you recognize the names. Greg uh, Biffle, the kinda, Biff. It's interesting. I, I watched the first one. I've not watched any more since. I wanted to see him on the dirt track the the second week, but you know I might. Uh, Mike, I don't know because of the holiday weekend, who knows, but, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, I, I think that's great. I, I love the concept and, uh, kudos to CBS for taking the, the chance to put it on, um, the eyeball network. And it, it at least is beating NASCAR, uh, this past week for what that's worth. The, uh, college world series is tonight. Kamar rocker will, uh, take the hill for Vandy. Does that lock it up? Does Vandy win this thing? I think so. I mean, you can't ask for a better scenario when it comes to Vanderbilt. Not never mind the fact that they basically got a free ticket into the the college uh, the, the college World Series finals here. But uh, you got Kamar Rockers, your game three starter. I mean, it's it's not much of a sure thing to me than that. I mean, that's that's pretty much set it's kind of in interesting. Opinion. Yeah, but look, Mississippi State don't care. I mean, they won last night. Ben, don't count them out. Don't count them out. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Mississippi State. I have not watched Mississippi State this year. The only people right, I so care you can't about tell me anything. Uh, the only people I care about Mississippi State is Mississippi State fans. <laughs> well, uh, look, the ratings bear it out. It has not been a ratings winner compared to a couple years ago. Uh, it has not been a ratings winner. The college, and, and I think that has as much to do with anything uh, as how that NC State thing was handled. Because unless you drill down and get down into it, all it looks like is to the average, you know. Sports consumer, the average fan, the, uh, you know, Jimmy and Jane Walmart who, who have to watch these things for them to have ratings <laughs> and no, seriously. And that is, no, you're right. You're, you're exactly right. Yeah. That is, first of all, it's, it's Mississippi state, which isn't a brand name SEC nationally. Once again, people know where it is. Regional fan base type things. Yeah. Only they care and, about and, them. And then Vanderbilt doesn't have a huge alumni base. So, I mean, you know, it's the SEC. There's a little bit of SEC fatigue and everything. And, uh, you know, I I just think the average fan, the average person is living life right now with with little to no COVID restrictions. And they're they're looking at 
the NCAA being the NCAA kicking a team out because of, you know, their COVID protocols. And, you know, right or wrong, average people feel like a team that they were interested in watching and getting behind, as much as it pains me to say with NC State, they got wronged. And so, I mean, I, I think some of this is a an impact of that. I think people are, why do I want to watch this? This isn't legit in my mind. So that, that could be it as well. And I, I think the participants. You summed it up uh, perfectly NBA. right there. I mean, that's basically my thoughts on it. While I watch a team who didn't necessarily exactly earn their right to be there. I mean, they're, it's almost like they're basically being handed, handed a title. I know they still got to win, but it's like they've gotten every break in the book to get there. And it's not outside of ECU fans and people that hate the Whistler. There's no hate watching with Vanderbilt. You know, it's not. Yeah. Um, mind the fact then, the umpire never the umpiring never got any better. Well, and then um, uh, you know the uh, NBA is up and people are a little surprised at it. Now look, they're not setting records rate ratings records, but they are. It is up, and I'll tell you why it's up because you don't have anybody making uh, any kind of outlandish political statement you have nobody that's doing anything that you know insults let's just face it half the audience by that it's not the same old same old i mean there's there there's a lot of difference this year yeah, the that's... conference finals it's not the same old warriors or your kevin durant or your right. LeBron james i mean it's kind of these young emerging young stars that are kind of coming in and they're kind of ushering a new era of the nba it seems like you know and and Three markets that are not exactly, you know, big, what you'd call big markets, exactly. but markets that are still, they've got kind of young teams. It's exciting. The games have been exciting. I mean, I watched a little bit of the games the last couple nights, not glued to every moment, but, you know, it's been fun to watch. And it's I think fun. it is, and it's good that the buildings are full. Now they're not full behind the benches, but everywhere else in the arenas, it's full and, and there's a crowd. And I think that makes a big deal. I really do. I think that's a big that is a big, big thing when consuming and watching sports. People can feel that excitement. And, uh, and, and again, I, you cannot underestimate the fact that people aren't making uh, any kind of political statement. I, I think that's a big thing. All right, I've got my Phil Steele magazine. I've not been able to, to get to it ultimately here today because I've been uh, dealing with uh, all kinds of nuttiness. But uh, we'll run through some highlight points, I think, especially when it comes to conferences and strength of conference uh, when we return on the Patrick Johnson Show. So stay with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. What? You want more? All right. On your flagship home of Pirate Basketball. 94.3 The Game at 943thegame.com. Attention business owners and management, Roebuck Staffing of Greenville and Newbern is here for you. Will Roebuck and his staff are committed to fulfilling your staffing needs. Whether you're a contractor, a manufacturing company, or if you just need janitorial or clerical work for your business. Roebuck Staffing also does temporary to permanent and direct hiring. Roebuck Staffing is your trusted partner for all of your staffing needs and employment opportunities. Call Roebuck Staffing at 252-364-8700 or find them online at roebuckstaffing.com. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. I'm the man. Y'all get it, do you? Money, All right, thank you, Ben. Like I, you know, you never know. You have an emergency situation. All right. Uh, spitting cobra hot, around here. Hot, hot, hot. Not around here, thank God. Uh, hot, hot, hot. 
is what we're calling the forecast here. But, hey, it's going to be fine tomorrow. No rain in the forecast. We got all kinds of refreshments. Our concert on the common, the legendary, legendary chairman of the board will be at the, the Greenville Toyota Amphitheater down at the town common. Six o'clock tomorrow. We'll tell you more about it. Uh, or go to our website. We can uh, click on it there and find out more about it. But there'll be refreshment. There'll be food trucks. Bring your beach chairs set up early. In my uh, chubby hands here, Ben, you see it. I got my greasy fingers all over it. Thick book there. Thick yeah, well, yeah, it is. Phil Steele Magazine. And uh, he's got ECU on his uh, most... Uh, improved team list. He, th- he expects big things for the Pirates, perhaps a bowl this year. I like it. You know, I like it. Yeah. I mean, I think he's got him favored five or six games. So, yeah. I think it's fair. Hey, do you uh, do you have the list of the players that were um, going to, that he named All-America today? Do you have that? Because that'll, that'll save me from having to go to the web. Give I just want to look at the magazine. Give me a few seconds. I'll have it pulled up. Well, just do it. Put it in your update is what I'm saying. So, oh, yeah. Of course I got it in the update. So, I, you know, it's always interesting to see what Phil thinks of the conferences. So I flipped to this page in his book, for, page 41. And for 2021, the toughest conference is, so everybody cheats, the SEC. Uh, Big 10, Big 12 is number three. I'm not going to lie. That's a little bit of a, eh. All right. Uh, all right. AC, ACC four, Pac-12 is five. The American is six. So there you go, P6. America was right where they were last year. So where so. does the where does the Sun Belt lie then? Because I knew he was pretty high on the Sun Belt when he came on. Uh, what was it like a week ago or a few weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fun Belt is eight, according to Phil's preseason toughest conference. Whoa, 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 whoa! Eight. I would have think. Yeah. I would. I would think seven. Are you sure? They were seven last year. They're eight this year. Uh, seven this year, up from nine a year ago. The Mountain West. All right, all right. The Mountain West. Who's in the Mountain West besides Boise State? Like I, that is, I think Sun Belt <laughs> off the top of my head. I got you got App State, you got Louisiana, and you got Coastal Carolina. And I'm thinking Mountain West right now. There's Boise State and crickets. Everybody else, right? Exactly. Okay. Well, you I mean you got San Jose State? They had a big year last year, right? Yeah, I guess. I, I guess so. Yeah. San Diego State usually is pretty tough, right? Yeah, usually, usually pretty, pretty. All right, so I'm flipping to this page in the book here. Uh, let me read you off how he's predicting the Mountain West. Please, please, I'm I'm a little intrigued okay. now. All right, this is from the Phil Steele magazine. I got my copy. Today. I think the Very Sun Belt's getting a little slighted here. Well, we'll, we'll look and we'll see. Uh, he's got um, the in the Mountain Division of the Mountain West, appropriately named uh, Boise State one, Wyoming, the Cowboys too. They were two and four last year. Uh, Air Force three in the preseason, Colorado state is four, Utah state is five. And then New Mexico is six, uh, in the West, Nevada is the preseason. Number one, uh, San Diego state two, San Jose state who had a great year last year and exceeded expectations. Uh, those three are predicted to be in kind of a three-way tie for first. So I guess that comes down to, you know, who beats who in the court in Phil's mind. Hawaii, Todd Graham's now at Hawaii, by the way. Hawaii is four. Fresno State is five. And then UNLV is six. 
So the way I'm thinking you about mean, it, Rat, is uh-huh. the heavy hitters for each of those conferences. I think Sun Belt got Louisiana, you got App State, you got Coastal Carolina, and I think the heavy hitters for the Mountain West. I'm not familiar with Nevada, so I'm not going to put them up there. I have no idea what Nevada does, but you got San Nevada, Jose State. Uh, yeah, and San Diego State and Boise State. Uh-huh. And if I was to pick yeah. a big three out of those two, I would pick the Sun Belt all day. And I think the Sun Belt, you might think there's a huge drop-off after those those three teams, but I think the same could be said for the Mountain West, I, even more well, so. No, I, that, that, and that's the thing with the American and the way that the old system and, and current system is set up. The Americans a lot more balanced. Would you agree that that about anybody can beat anybody in the American in a given year? Oh, no doubt. I, without question, there. So it's a tougher, tougher season to get through. Uh, in the Mountain West, it's it's Boise and the gang, and then you know until recently, it's been Appalachian State and the gang, but Coastal's emergence in Louisiana, and I mean Arkansas State's always a bowl team. So you, you've got. A much easier path, in my opinion, uh, to remain undefeated after you get by a game or two if you're a Boise or App or Coastal or whoever uh, than you do if you're Cincinnati. The Cincinnati path is much more difficult to try to make the playoff or or get into a New Year's Six Bowl under the current system. Absolutely. I mean, even a team like Navy, which a lot of these outlets have like second to last, third to last finishing in the conference, Mm -hmm. and uh, they're they're still a tough team. Just the way that team's let me run. I mean, they can give anybody a run for their money. Let me run through the Sunbelt forecast for Phil Steele this year. Uh, App State won in the East and Coastal won in the East in the preseason. Georgia State third. Troy tied for them for third. Georgia Southern uh, also. So that's, a you know, the East, according to Phil, is going to be competitive and could could shake out one of uh, several ways. It sounds In the West, yeah, in the West, Louisiana uh, is the – Outright number one, Arkansas State two, Texas State three, South Alabama four, and then ULM five. Not exactly murderers row. Exactly. Yeah. But um, so I mean that I would say, and again I'm not I've just I'm looking at the book just a little bit for the show here. I'm going to really read in into it the rest of the week and over the holiday weekend. But uh, I I just kind of scanning stuff just now with this. I mean the the. This year, the Mountain West looks a little more stout. Uh, for the American, and, you know, keep in mind this year, it's it's not, you know, it's 1 through 10. Cincinnati 1, UCF 2, Houston 3, SMU also, uh, along with Tulsa and Memphis, Smear. all potentially, all, all finishing in that sort of third spot. Pirates 7, Tulane 8, Navy 9, USF 10, Temple also uh, 10. Uh, so 1 through 12 there, um, or 1 through 11. But still. In the American, uh, once I, you get to that third, 3 through kind of 8 spot, I mean, it's interchangeable. No, it's Anybody tough. could be anywhere. Yeah. See, I think Phil has Tulane kind of low in my, you know, I'm big on Tulane. I know you're on Tulane. Your guy Patrick Johnson's gone. Your 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 namesake there. He's gone. <laughs> right. Uh, he's no longer there. But I was impressed as heck with their quarterback, and I think Willie Fritz is a good coach. Matt Pratt's a, Michael Pratt, excuse me, is a fabulous quarterback. He's phenomenal, and he was only a true f- freshman last year. Yeah, so you only would a think freshman. Only get better. They've got some good running backs, but you know, look, somebody's got to somebody's got to finish down this thing. 
And uh, based on this, I would say that Phil feels like uh, those top three teams, uh, SMU, Tulsa, Memphis, and ECU, or maybe both teams. I know we so can be Tulsa, go. and I know we can be SMU. So, hey, that's all I'm saying. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Even Phil said we beat Tulsa. So, No, look, I, I – I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm really looking forward to pouring into this. I'm very excited about uh, the season ahead. But ECU's on the most improved list uh, of Phil Steele's magazine, which uh, got my copy of it today in the mail. All right, uh, let's break. Uh, no, before we break, Ben Byram's going to give us an update, and then we'll break. And then uh, Brian Mull slated to join us. Uh, we'll see who is in and who is out as far as the Olympics go uh, for golf. I just, I've never thought that was a great idea. And, and with the, uh, Ryder Cup and all of that this year. I just, I, I'm, I'm surprised as many guys right now are saying they're participating as they are. But uh, we'll get into some of that with Maul and uh, a little bit more when we uh, come back. Right now, Ben Byram with an update. Then uh, we'll line up a putt with Brian Maul here on the PJ Show. Ben. Thanks, Patrick. Of course, the big news out of Pirate Baseball, pitching coach Jason Dietrich will join Cal State Fullerton as their new head coach. After coaching ECU for the past two seasons, Phil still released his preseason All-American list and All-Conference list. A couple Pirates earned some honors. Tyler Sneed, fourth-team AP, he's on Phil Still's top 2021 preseason All-American list. Meanwhile, a couple of Pirates gained in the All-AAC team uh, honors. Excuse me, Rajay Harris, of course, the freshman running back last year now on the list not not be xavier smith linebacker getting first team linebacker jaquan mcmillan first team defensive back tyler sneed second team kick returner second team wide receiver third team quarterback holden aylers fernando fry third team offensive guard deshaud strother returning he's going to be third team offensive tackle according to phil Steele. rick Debrew, third team defensive lineman and fourth team linebacker Jire Wilson. Moving on to Pirate Softball, former ECU outfielder Olivia Naren has been hired as director of softball operations after concluding her senior season just a few weeks ago. For college basketball, Hall of Fame head coach Larry Brown will join Penny Hardaway as an assistant coach at Memphis. From the NFL, the New Orleans Saints have made Ryan Rozemski the highest paid right tackle in football. He signs a five-year deal worth $96 million, while the Indianapolis Colts have approved full capacity for home games, meaning that now all 32 NFL teams will have full capacity for the upcoming season. For Major League Baseball, L.A. Dodgers ace Trevor Bowers facing allegations of assault stemming from a sexual encounter he had with a woman earlier in the year. From the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo is set for imaging after a hyper extended his knee in Game 4 against Atlanta last night. The L.A. Lakers are finalizing a deal to hire Dave Fisdale as their new assistant. From the NHL, potentially big news for the Carolina Hurricanes is Stanley Cup winner and St. Louis Blues star winger Vladimir Tarasenko has announced four teams he would waive his no-trade clause for in his current contract. Among those listed includes the Carolina Hurricanes, the New York Islanders, the Boston Bruins, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Wrapping up from NASCAR, Chip Ganassi has officially sold his entire racing team to Trackhouse Racing and will pull out NASCAR by the end the season. That's going to do it for your 94 through the game sports update. I'm Ben Barham. More of the Patrick Johnson show is coming up. We want more. Like, you really like it. We right. want more. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson show on 94.3 The Game. 
couple of things I want to say before we get to Brian Mollier. Congratulations, uh, ECJVC 16 national team participating down in Orlando. Wrapped up some really successful days there. My guy, Bill Jenkins, our pal, our friend, Andrew Bays. Their daughters are part of that. And uh, the Athletic, among those reporting that the Division I Board of Directors has voted to approve the interim NIL policy, college athletes in all 50 states able to monetize their names, images, and likenesses beginning tomorrow. And uh, doing that will not violate NCAA rules. Another thing from uh, John Gilbert's From the Helm today, he talked about that School of Entrepreneurship uh, program that's kind of there to assist ECU athletes in doing that. And uh, that was announced last week. I think that's a big deal. I delve into that some here kind of in this uh, silly season over the next month and get some uh, dialogue going on that. All right, let's uh, go to the phones. Brian Mull uh, from the uh, Caddy Network, other outlets as well, joining us to talk a little bit of uh, golf. Brian, uh, how are you? I'm doing well, Patrick. I hope you are, though. You know, uh, for entertainment purposes only, of course. Uh, but a better, did you see that parlay that this better hit on uh, Paris uh, uh, Harris English's playoff victory? Did you see that he the better hit like a 1.4 million parlay? <laughs> he picked the winners from all four tours. God, isn't that Pretty great? Sure. Yeah, yeah that's what he did. Over in, uh, in, in Europe, which, you know, was yeah. the favorite, but still he, he won the tournament. And then Nelly Corda, who was, if not the favorite, close that the ladies PGA coming off of uh, a win and, and, you know, and she did, she took care of business and uh, yeah, but you think he was sweating that playoff? <laughs> Cause it just kept going. The kept other going three on were already on in the on. books, you know, yeah. <laughs> when that was going on. So that was probably a, a nervous uh, couple of hours for it. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. For entertainment, uh, purposes, uh, only. For entertainment purposes only. Brian does a little uh, for entertainment purposes only kind of pick the winners each week uh, with uh, the Caddy Network. We usually get around to posting uh, that. We need to get it on there uh, today, uh, so we'll work on that. But, uh, hey, uh, I think I mentioned Harris English to you uh, in the uh, U.S. Open week off air. We were just talking about guys that seem to be, you know, kind of buttoned up right now playing well, and, and I said, boy, he's really seemingly playing pretty well, and, and obviously he won an epic playoff. Uh, I think tied for the second longest playoff ever uh, to to take the uh, Travelers. So, hey, how about that? And and uh, number two in in points uh, for the playoffs. So FedEx points. So who who had that? Uh, you know, that that's kind of a. I think that 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 was a little bit eye opening. It was for me, and I and I knew Harris English was pretty good. That was a little eye opening for me. He's had a really solid, really two years, and. Uh... You know, he hit a little bit of a lull, uh, lull, excuse me, leading up to the, the event prior to the U.S. Open. He had gone a few months without a top ten, but that's golf. That's going to happen. And uh, these last three events, pretty special. Uh, big rise up uh, not only the FedEx Cup points list, but the Ryder Cup, uh, which take place in September. And there's only – points are more important than ever this year because there's only the top six qualifying, and then Captain Steve Stricker will pick the other six to make sure that he feels like he has the the 12 best golfers right now on his team. They went to that format just for this year only. So, uh, yeah, Harris English, he was supposed to be a superstar coming out of the University of Georgia, and a lot of people for a long time weren't 
just couldn't quite figure out what why wasn't showing up on the on the leaderboard, but he has certainly put it together here of late. We got Brian Mull, CaddyNetwork.com. Olympics uh, are right around the corner. If you watch uh, any uh, NBC station, boy, they're going to let you know that, aren't they? But um, they are. I, I guess it was rounded out uh, for the Americans on the men's side: Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Xander Schauffele, your guy there, and Bryson DeChambeau. So that's four of the top five uh, players in the world. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Uh, you know, all of them. Uh, sound very excited to go over to Tokyo and represent their country and earn the opportunity to do so uh, with their world ranking. And uh, now I think it's great. The, the, you know, I, I understand both sides of it. I understand the players who, who opted out, and that's certainly their choice. But uh, certainly it'll be a special event for those who are able to, to compete and, and, and earn a medal, you know, finish in one yeah. of the top three spots. They're over 72 holes. I find it interesting that of the four, Thomas is the oldest at 28, but the other guys, well, they're all they're all 28 or younger, uh, basically. So I, I find that quite uh, interesting. Marikawa is the youngest of, of the foursome on the men's side. Um, and I just wonder if maybe that youthful uh, exuberance maybe has something to do with it because I think a lot of guys are looking at the financial side of it, and I'm fine with that uh, if they do. I mean, look, they're independent contractors. They they got to go out and make money and earn a living, and uh, their, their window is finite. Uh, even though we're seeing guys play great later into their careers, let's face it, it's to, to, to be a winner and really earn big money, is, is that window is not huge in the span of their lives. So um, I, I get it on that side, but uh, I think these guys, this is just my guess, Brian, I think these guys are, are probably of an age where they think, Hey, I'm still young enough to take advantage of that window. So this is a this could be a once in a lifetime thing. Let's go do it. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, it's the first time any of them have had the opportunity, as, uh, you know, qualifying, and they don't know where they'll be in the world rankings four years from now. Um, you know, they may not have this problem or or decision to make down the road. So I, I why not take advantage of it now? Uh, all four of those players have have already made a, 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 a nice amount of money playing golf to this point. Uh, you could say borderline ridiculous for someone in their late twenties and earned every penny. But uh, yeah, why not go over there and have that experience? Uh, I, I think it you know it won't be the normal experience because there won't be the 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 socializing that there would be you know in the village and you know, obviously all of that's going to be much more restrained. But uh, they will still be able to go to some other events, I would imagine, and and take in the, the, the whole Olympics experience. We got Brian Mull. Just uh, for house cleaning purposes on the women's team, uh, Nellie Corda, who's a fabulous, fabulous uh, young player, uh, Danielle Kang, Lexi Thompson's the only returning member, and then uh, Jessica Corda. So, and again, kind of players that are in the uh, – just maybe entering the prime of their careers or the, you know, are all in their twenties. So they certainly feel like that they have more opportunities to, to earn some money uh, down the road. In other words, you're not going to see a player. I don't think participate in the, this Olympic format that's in their their thirties, unless they just want to do it for the Olympic experience. But uh, it's interesting. The amount of guys that kind of back and, and in a Ryder cup year too, that's kind of, how does that impact? How does this impact that Ryder cup deal in your mind from the standpoint of, you know, this is a big travel event. This isn't the usual, uh, you know, timeout that the guys are out. This is 
you know, added about by about a third, by about 50%, you got more days on the road by going to the Olympics than you would have on a normal uh, tournament week. Yeah, I mean, it's a decision, certainly. And, and with the three playoff events, uh, you know, looming there right afterward. But there is a little bit of a break, uh, you know, a couple weeks this year before the Ryder Cup gets going. So I guess they feel like they'll have plenty of time to, to recharge and do the things they need to do in an off week. And, no, I mean, it's a commitment, certainly, on their on, on their part. And, uh, I mean, let's talk, you know, about the Corda family. Is there is there a better – I mean, they're, they're potentially going to be the best – sporting family in history when you consider that their brother Sebastian won on the ATP tour a couple weeks ago and won his first round match at Wimbledon yesterday yeah. and uh, you know here they are both representing their country in the Olympics it's three pretty talented siblings it's a pretty impressive gene pool couple of uh, LPGA tour players and a, and a guy playing at Wimbledon parents did something right yeah. there didn't they <laughs> yeah well they were both uh, professional tennis players sure well, so that certainly uh certainly helps but uh you know the kudos to the kids for doing the work and uh getting to where they are we got what the rocket mortgage this week up in detroit we do uh uh, un- uh inundated with water raining there again today <laughs> yeah right uh like a foot of rain in the last week According to some reports, definitely will be lift clean in place. And if you like birdies and eagles, then tune in Thursday through Sunday because the winning score there has been in the low 20s the two years they've had the event there. And there are some uh, prognosticators thinking maybe we could push it close to 30 under mm, this year. Really? Super soft, super soft greens, not a long golf course, not a lot of trouble, uh, big trouble. Uh, off the tee so so guys like bryson who won last year can just bomb away and uh big hitters love a soft golf course and you know it it, it, 30 under is a ridiculous number and and not you know people have gotten there before but uh i I would think you would want to be averaging about six under a day to, to feel like you have a chance to pick up that trophy on sunday yeah uh as odd as this seems and we talked about the Ryder cup here uh, this is kind of uh, a little bit of Custard's last stand, possibly for Phil Mickelson, as far as that goes, right? Well, he's got to make a run. Um, you know, the points are doubled, or definitely, I think they're still doubled, at least significantly more at the Open Championship. So he, he could make a big statement there. But, uh, you know, he's playing in Detroit for one reason, one reason only, is to play well. He tweeted earlier this week that his swing feels like it did back before the PGA at Kiowa. He's been working hard on it. It hadn't felt great the last couple of events. And he knows that, uh, you know, he's got to go out and make some birdies and, and keep himself in that conversation. I don't I don't know that you could pick him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be a sentimental pick. But if you're trying to pick the 12 best players, there's certainly other guys I think you can make a case for. Um, but, but Phil's still in the conversation. He can... He can play his way onto the team here in the next few events in the playoffs, and um, you know it only takes another good week to for you know it would be difficult at that point for Stricker not to pick him. Yeah, uh, and HV three uh, is participating uh, this week after a couple of weeks away, so uh, we'll see what he can do in the Rocket uh, Mortgage. Obviously, for, for Harold, this is a chance to to drive, I guess, towards the playoff, but also uh, you know add a little bit more money and not have the pressure of trying to get your tour card for next year. 
Yeah, he's in good shape as far as that goes. He, he's he's going to be in the playoffs. Um, he needs to make some putts. His ball striking numbers are yeah. terrific. The models mm-hmm. and such that I run each week, he's always near the top. But I've just been reluctant to rank him, and because you have to put the ball into the golf hole, you know that's part of it. And uh, the guys that are winning every week are among the leaders in putts, and he's been toward the bottom. So he's got to figure something out with that very important club. And I think when he does, uh, we'll start seeing him in the top ten and top twenty much more frequently. Yeah, and it's uh, he's we're a few weeks away from Greensboro, and I'm, I'm sure he'll want to play there and play well. So. Uh, he'll also want to get on a little bit of a roll. Uh, and look, when he wins, as we've stated here, our guy John McGinnis has said it. You've said it. Everybody, we've. When Harold wins, it'll be celebrated throughout the tour universally because he's one of the more popular guys on the tour. Hey, Brian, uh, good to catch up with you. Have a great July Fourth, and uh, keep uh, keep keep playing well. I'm I'm hearing big things about Mole out there on that, uh, you know, on that Am circuit. So uh, keep keep playing well out there. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, happy 4th to everybody. And have a safe and fun weekend. See you, Brian. Thanks a lot. That's uh, our guy, Brian Mull. Uh, we'll come back, get ready to wrap things up for this uh, Wednesday, the Hump Day edition, uh, on the other side of this break here on the PJ Show. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Either you uh, love Dave Portnoy with Barstool or you hate him. I love him. And sometimes I like guys based on the people that don't like him. Because <laughs> if certain people don't like you, you're doing something right, in my opinion. I think the whole look, I'll say sports that, media doesn't like him. <laughs> they do not. They do not. And it was really tough for them because he would kind of jumped on the NC State thing. He just tweeted out, I have no problem with at Vandy Boys fans. Let's not pretend they deserve to be here. No chance they get past hashtag Pac-9 if the NCAA doesn't blank them over. They should just remain silent. That's great. Well, start your own College World Series port. No, you end up probably doing it for the women's <laughs> championship in golf. Yeah. Throw EC Play your in own. there. Yeah, why not? Find somewhere where it's kind of cool this time of year, though, to play it. You know, not, can't get a dome necessarily. Uh, had a tweeter send us a send me a tweet and I and I think this is right. It's uh, well, he tweeted it out in public, so I don't think he'd mind me saying. Charles Askew tweeting me, uh, and I and we will. Charles, he wants me to ask Coach Winkler about lo- local recruits. You know, there's a lot of really talented softball players in uh, Pitt County, especially if you look at the 2022 and 2023 classes. So when uh, we have Shane Winkler on tomorrow, we'll ask him about that. Now, I mean, that, I tell you, he's going to say, you know, we want to lock up our backyards, recruit the state. They all say that. But that's, you know, you want the best players. And if that best player that could come to your program is in Winterville, Charlotte, Albuquerque, New Mexico, you know, Palm Springs, California, you go get that person. You go get that player. 
But but I do think that with the softball talent that is uh, developing here in the county, uh, it would certainly be worth looking at. Uh, big thanks today to Brian Mull for taking a few minutes with us. Ben, as always, great job. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. Preview the concert on the Common. Don't forget, it's uh, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Town Common, the legendary chairman of the board will be with us. Looking forward to that. Uh, hey, have a great Wednesday evening, everybody. We'll catch you tomorrow. PJ Show. PJ Show.